You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, greetings. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report. Of course, we're part of Rocket Sports Media, also a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And we are also sponsored by DraftKings and the fine folks at Raycon. And you're going to hear a special message from both of them later in the show with some incentives for our listeners here at the Press Zone. But in the meantime, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Amy Johnson. I am your host of the show. I am also the lead correspondent over at the AHL Report. You can find that at AHLReport.com. And uh, that's where, if you're new to this show, at AHLReport.com, we cover in depth the Laval Rocket, the Habs, Montreal Canadiens, AHL affiliate, uh, as well as cover uh, the AHL in general, because each and every week here on the show, we have uh, a special guest, a, a contributor here at Rocket Sports Media, but is widely known uh, across the American Hockey League as uh, one of the uh, biggest officials on the AHL, and that is Patrick Williams. He'll be joining us in the second segment uh, for the AHL Hot Stove. I promised that last week uh, because he was in Laval last weekend for the AHL All-Star Classic Weekend. So he is going to give us a first-hand account of just his overall impressions of of Laval's success in in hosting their very first AHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, he's also going to give us some insight on uh, what President Scott Housen had to say in his first media availability uh, since since he has taken over from Dave Andrews as the president uh, of the American Hockey League. The AHL All-Star Classic Weekend has been postponed twice, so this is the first time that Housen has met with the media en masse um, at the All-Star event. So Patrick's going to give us some insight on some little nuggets of things that Scott Housen talked about during that press availability. Uh, And last but not least, uh, also Patrick is going to give us his reaction to uh, being there in the room uh, to witness Dave Andrews being inducted into the American Hockey League Hall of Fame and what that really really uh, how that affected Dave Andrews, what that meant for Dave Andrews to to kind of cap off his career in that manner. So that's all coming up in the second segment. But first, we have to talk about the Laval Rocket people. Did I like did I did I go to sleep uh, before All-Star Weekend? Did I wake up in a in a in a parallel dimension? 
I think I did, because the Laval Rocket folks are sitting in fourth place in the North Division. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they're doing it in style. They're doing it um, sort of unexpectedly. I mean, ever since the end of December, Laval has has strung together some nice-looking wins, right? And they were doing that when there were a ton of ECHL call-ups. Now there are still plenty of ECHL call-ups, but guys are getting healthy and getting back in the lineup, so it's kind of a a different kind of mix. But there is definitely a momentum swing uh, that, that the Laval Rocket are riding right now. Will they be able to sustain that for the remainder of the season? That remains to be seen. Uh, This weekend coming up is going to be, actually the rest of February is going to be a a good indicator of that. But um, Laval coming off of the All-Star break um, had two games at home last weekend, uh, hosting the Syracuse Crunch and hosting the Utica Comets. Both teams sit in front of the Laval Rocket. Both teams are bitter rivals of the Laval Rocket in the division. Um, And these were important games. So, you know, after all of the the hype and the hubbub and a short holiday break, could Laval get back uh, and keep doing what they had been doing uh, the previous weekend when they were in Toronto and won? Uh, And sure enough, the answer was yes. Uh, So Friday night, they hosted the Syracuse Crunch. They were once again without the services of Yese Ulanin and Alex Belzeal, because as I had said a week ago, um, when Ulanin and Belzeal had been sent back down for the NHL All-Star break from the Canadians, my hope was that at least Ulanin was going to get recalled again shortly thereafter. And sure enough, that did happen. The Canadians recalled both Ulanin and Belzeal uh, just, uh, just, just at the beginning of this week, once the All-Star break ended. Uh, at the beginning, uh, sorry, at the end of last week. Uh, so they were once again out of the lineup, and uh, Jean-Francois Ull was also missing Pierre-Rick Dubay. He was uh, on loan to Team France. He's over in Denmark right now uh, because he was selected to participate in the Four Nations Cup. Um, however, there was uh, a couple of key returns to the Laval Rocket. Jan Meshack finally getting back into the lineup. He was injured back at the beginning of December, on December 3rd. Uh, Hasn't played since. It's been more than two months. They said at the time it was going to be an eight to ten week recovery, and they were right on with that. I mean, we so we were looking at an early to mid-February return for Jan Meshack, and that's exactly what happened. Comes back on February 10th. Uh, So it's going to take a bit of time for him to get back into the groove, but good to see this young prospect back on the ice, and let's see if he can now build and create something. Uh, He had a very good momentum when he went out with injury. He was having a really decent season, looking strong, so let's see if he can get that back. Uh, Nicholas Bonan also um, back in the lineup after missing more uh something uh, just over 10 games with an injury um and Matthias Norlander had been ill last weekend in in Toronto but he was back in the lineup as well uh of course who was starting in net Caden Primo it is the Caden Primo show right now because Kevin Poulan we don't really know the the nature of Kevin Poulan's in- injury we do know that Laval keeps mentioning that um it's just it's a it's a it's an injury that needs further medical evaluation. So he is still out of commission. So 
It's Caden Primo backed up by ECHL or Philippe DeRosier. Uh, I don't see uh, them going to DeRosier if they can avoid it. Um, this weekend will be a bit of a test for Caden Primo. They've got three games in four days this weekend. Um, I mean, it's it's sort of the equivalent of having a three and three. It's not three consecutive days, but three games in four days is still uh, a lot of hockey to play. Uh, so Caden Primo has been starting, um, which I mean, he needs he needs the ice time. So this game against against Syracuse, um, you know, it it's Syr- the 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 rivalry with Syracuse has been nasty for quite quite a few years, even back when when the team was the St. John's Ice Caps. Uh, this was never two teams who liked each other very much. Um, and, and that has continued. It, it usually gets pretty chippy. It usually gets pretty ugly. Um, the rocket managed to stay fairly disciplined in this game. They only took, uh, four, they only had four penalty minutes in this game, which, which was essential for them. Uh, Joel Teasdale, Joel Teasdale is one of the ones in Laval who's really been taking advantage of the opportunity presented by all of the absences, uh, because he has sco- he scored his 14th and 15th goals of the season in this game, a power play goal to kick things off and an empty netter in the third period uh, with a Mitchell Stevens goal uh, thrown in there for for emphasis. And uh, they held the crunch to just one goal against. And so they managed to come out and, and beat the Syracuse crunch to start the weekend three to one. Um, and then... The next night, it was the Utica Comets coming into town. Now, they haven't played Utica for a number of weeks, and Utica is another one that uh, they tend to uh, actually have some pretty decent success against. Um, And boy, let me tell you what. If there's one thing that hasn't really improved very much for the Laval Rocket, it's their penalty kill. It's still one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. But they, going into this game, were leading the league in shorthanded goals. And now that stat is blown out of the water. Three shorties in this game. Three. It was a special teams uh, extravaganza, basically, on Saturday evening. Um, started with Brandon Zignac with a shorthanded goal. Then Nate Schnarr added a shorthanded goal. Teasdale with another power play goal. Mitchell Stevens with a power play goal, then Mitchell Stevens with a shorthanded goal, and Zignac with his second of the game as well. Two, uh, three shorthanded goals, two power play goals. So five of their six goals all on special teams. It was quite a special teams outing uh, for Ull's, uh crew, and uh, it it catapulted them to a 6-2 to two victory. Facing Nico Dahls, all-star Nico Dahls, top goaltending, you know, a very big goaltending prospect for the New Jersey Devils facing Nico Dawes, Dawes in net, uh, and they come out with a 6-2 to victory. So um, that has put Laval in fourth place with 48 points. Now, keep in mind, the top five teams in the North Division are the ones who qualify for the playoffs. It is a very tight race because in third place is the Syracuse Crunch, with 49 points. The Laval Rockets sitting right below them in fourth place with 48 points. They're only one point out of third place. But right behind them in fifth place is the Rochester Americans with 47 points. So yes, Laval is only one point away from Syracuse in third, but Rochester is only one point away from Laval in fourth. Uh, And here's the kicker. 
Syracuse has two games in hand on Laval. Rochester has four games in hand on Laval. And even behind that, the Cleveland Monsters in sixth place with uh, their five points back at 43 points. They have three games in hand on Laval. So again, those games in hand are going to start to come into play. Um, This month, I think some of the teams will start to catch Laval as far as games played because this is, it's, it's bizarre. Laval doesn't play a single Wednesday night game at all in the month of February. Not one. Um, it's really a bizarre schedule for them. So every week they have a full week of practice and then they just play on the weekend. And then a full week of practice and they just play on the week. I mean, it's like they're in the NCAA for goodness sake. Um, so that's going to play to their advantage, but they do play their next five games on the road. And as I said, this coming weekend will be a bit of a test. They travel to Belleville this weekend and they play three games in four days. And one of them is a weekday school day afternoon game. So they're playing in Belleville Friday night and Saturday night at seven o'clock. Then they have to stay there because Monday at 3 p.m. they're playing another game. Uh, So those three games. Then next weekend, they head to Rochester and Toronto. So it is five games all on the road where Laval has tended to struggle more this season and all against division rivals who are clawing and scratching and fighting their way to... It is very tight in the middle of the pack in the North Division. So be sure that you are following us at the AHL Report on Twitter. We will have all of the... Uh, in-game updates as they're happening uh, for you. Bookmark AHLReport.com. You know that we will have full comprehensive game recaps after each of those games. I invite you to check out the game recaps from this past weekend uh, versus Syracuse and Utica. Chris G, of course, as always, was uh, in the press box at at Plas Bell and has some great post-game interview audio uh, with players and and Jean-Francois Uhl. Uh, for both of those games in those recaps. So check that out. And uh, yeah, it's good. Buckle up. Uh, apparently the the roller coaster ride for Laval this season is about to get more exciting. So we'll see uh, just how long they can keep this success going. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. Patrick Williams will be here and he's going to give us a firsthand account of uh, the the success of Laval's first AHL All-Star Classic weekend. And we're going to go a bit behind the scenes as far as Dave Andrews Hall of Fame induction and Scott House, President Scott Housen's uh, media address. So you don't want to miss that. Stay with us. You are listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at Draft Kings Sportsbook, even after the Super Bowl is over. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Hey, I mentioned golf a second ago. Tiger is going to be back on the PGA Tour coming up, so that would be a great time to take advantage of this. Plus, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. 
Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey friends, you know, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio, if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background, my Raycons are wireless, they're small, they fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud uh, earphones. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles, uh, tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me. So you can turn on awareness mode, which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant. So if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, once again, I'm your host. My name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Of course, be sure you're following this podcast at The Press Zone. And for all of our game coverage, follow us at the AHL Report on Twitter. All right, well, we missed him last week here on the show, but I said no fear. He'll be back again next week, and sure enough, he is here. Mr. Patrick Williams, uh, back from Quebec, back from Laval, and ready to uh, 
give us all of his firsthand experience at the AHL All-Star Classic for this year. Patrick, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, All-Star game number 11 is in the books. Uh, wow. It was, yeah, it was uh, the interesting unique event that's for sure (laughs) well let's 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 just start with that can you just give us in general terms you know this was the first time that the Laval Rocket hosted the All-Star Classic it's been three years coming because it was postponed twice Uh, and so just overall from from a league perspective from what you could see and experience and feel from the the fans that were in the building each night um, just you know you know, on your, on your scale of one to 10, uh, this seemed to be a, a pretty successful, uh, and entertaining, uh, all-star weekend. Uh, would you agree or disagree with that? I would agree. Um, yeah, the building was filled both nights. Um, sort of the office events, like they had the red carpet events. Um, they, they had, had a Ferris uh, wheel outside, didn't they? They had a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Uh, which was, <laughs> that was the first, uh, I, I don't ever recall a Ferris wheel at an AHL game. No, uh, I was, <laughs> so and then they had the um like they had the kids the local kids uh, sort of uh, at a you know rake not not you know an outdoor rake not too far away from Place Bell uh, they got kind of a, like a clinic with the players nice uh, that was good and then the also the, the Hall of Fame um, induction ceremony was good so um, yeah they, they they packed a lot into really it's only about um, like day day and a half but. Um, um, they, they managed to include a lot and, uh, you know, I, I always come, come away thinking like, you know, full credit to the players because like you look at the schedule, so mm-hmm. the league obviously likes to play on Saturday nights. It's a huge attendance night. Yep. Um, and now that the league just coast to coast, you know, you have a lot of games, um, you know, in California, um, you know, so you got players that are playing Saturday night and then hitting the road first thing in the morning, really, you know, catch either a red eye or they, you know, the first flight out in the morning, you know, at 5.30 a.m. from the West Coast to get to Montreal. Right. Um, you know, by some point, you know, around like mid-afternoon and then go right out pretty much on the ice and, you know, the skills competition. And um, so they're kind of go, go, go right from, um, you know, right from the start. I mean, mm-hmm. these are players already played Friday night, Saturday night, and then, you know, three time zones away <laughs> to do all this. And then they have the thing on Monday and then they travel Tuesday. And then before you know it, they're like back into the regular game schedule. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big uh, commitment by the players, but um, they all bought into it. Uh, they all came and, you know, I think they all really tried to put on a good show too. It wasn't going through the motions or anything like that. Yes. It de- I think it definitely outshone the NHL event that had happened a couple of days prior. So I, yeah, I thought the fans got a really good, uh, really good product, you know, for, for an all-star game, which, you know, we've all seen them. They can be good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of depends how much the players put into it. And, uh, I thought all the players really did. They came and they tried to put on a show, right? Like, and, you know, walk that line between being competitive, but obviously, you know, it's not a, it's not <laughs> a regular season or a playoff. That's right. Game, so. Um, you know, but they, you know, it was almost, almost a little bit like the Harlem Globetrotters on ice kind of thing where, you know, they're okay. definitely trying to throw off some of their skills and, you know, you know, the behind the back passes between the leg passes, you know, thing like that, you know, um, I think give, give the fans a little bit more of a sense of, um, you know, just how highly skilled players are um, at this level. 
Well, uh, in addition to all of that on-ice activity, there were a couple of key um, off-ice things that took place that that we, we would love to, I would love to get your insight on. One of which, of course, uh, was Scott Housen's first all-star media availability. Looked a little different than it does in the past. It wasn't necessarily a state of the league address, uh, which Dave Andrews usually did and and usually conducted it just prior to the Hall of Fame induction. Uh, but this this was um, a media availability just before the All Star Game. Um, and if you if if our listeners missed that, uh, our Chris G uh, was there uh, in the building as well with with Patrick, um, and we have the full audio from Scott Housen's entire press conference on our website at ahlreport.com. You can just go there, uh, and and it's a standalone article of uh, Scott Housen's media availability. You can listen to the full press conference there. Um, but Patrick, there were a couple of things that I just wanted to take away from from that press conference that I thought we could hit on the first of which is what he he opened with uh, which was some really good news for the league in that really in the first full year I'll put post-pandemic in air quotes because we're not technically post-pandemic but the first normal uh, kind of season that the league has had um, according to Scott Housen it looks like the league is on pace to perhaps even set some new records and at the very least have a very positive outcome at the end of the season in terms of revenue, not just tickets, but corporate revenue as well. Uh, and that's, that's a great indicator for, for where things are going from here. Yeah. And struck me as come like pretty fast, right? Like I thought it would take a few more years to be honest, you know, coming out of the quote unquote pandemic and, um, you know, however, whatever stage we wanted to define it as, I thought they're probably were looking more of a two to three year recovery period. Um, but um, the crowds have certainly come back. I mean, now I mean the crowds look every bit as normal uh, now as they did in let's say 2019. Um, I thought the sponsorships would take a bigger hit too, right? Like yeah. In the sense of you know, like love businesses obviously went through. Some really hard times, and th- those those were the ones that survived. Never mind the ones that didn't make it through the pandemic. Um, you know, and you know, depending on the market, I mean, you can you, some of the markets. It's a lot more of a sort of small local businesses that mm-hmm. are the spot. You know, the the you know kind of the backbone of the sponsorship uh, groups. Um, but it seems like you know you don't see you don't see empty spots on the boards. You know, in terms of ads, you don't see empty spots on the ice in terms of ads. I mean, it looks like it came through well, right? And so, you know, kind of those are your two big areas, right? Like that, you know, really make the league go, which is obviously this is a heavily gate revenue driven league. And then the second part is the the corporate support. And mm-hmm. both seem to have uh, come through really well. Like, you know, like I don't think anybody totally knew what to expect, right? Like we didn't have anything to compare this to, you know, and how would it how would the landscape look um, coming out of it? So I think, yeah, if you're the HL, if you're Scott Halson, the teams, um, you know, all of them, uh, I think you have to be you know, pretty pleasantly well, happy, but also pleasantly surprised with uh, how you were able to, to navigate what obviously was such a, you know, unprecedented type situation. Absolutely. And that kind of, 
A little bit of that kind of segues nicely to another um, topic that came up during his his media availability, and that was, you know, a question about the AHL scheduling. Um, and and yes, there are. It's very encouraging to see where the numbers are going. But I think it's I think it's important for people to remember that that you know AHL teams do not work uh, for the most part on the same type of budget that their NHL. Uh, clubs do uh, nowhere near that. Um, there are quite a few AHL teams that are that are privately owned, which makes um, revenue even more difficult. And 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 there was a question broached about you know why we don't see you know in the NHL we're so accustomed to seeing uh, East Coast and West Coast teams playing against each other all the time. You know there's always that dreaded Western Coast. Uh, West Coast road swing, uh, you know, that East Coasters have to stay up super late for. Or this past mm-hmm. weekend, we saw Edmonton playing in Montreal at 1230 in the afternoon Eastern. That's a very early start for local Edmonton fans. Um, and and that, you know, why don't we see more of that in the AHL? You know, a lot more of the the California teams perhaps coming over to the East Coast and whatnot. Um, and I thought Scott Housen did a great job of, of kind of giving a twofold answer to that as in terms of, you know, it's not a league decision uh, that, first of all, you know, conference and division teams want to, uh, you know, that each team wants to play their division rivals quite often. But there's also a big, um, you know, there's there's a a very prohibitive cost factor at the AHL level for for cross country uh, travel like that, correct? Very prohibitive. Uh, and I think the first point, yeah, is very true that, you know, the league does not stand in the way of teams that want to travel. I mean, if, if, if they did, we wouldn't see teams like Iowa um, go all over the place. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's been everywhere from Laval. By the end of this year, Laval, Milwaukee will have played in Laval as well as in San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. They've really seen the opposite corners of the league. Uh, so if you want to travel and you have the the means to do so, uh, the AHL will certainly facilitate that uh, in terms of scheduling. So that's the first part. And the second part is, um, you know, I try to tell people this, just break down the cost of just even an individual person traveling. Um, let's say if you're going to do a proper road trip, like let's say if you were in Laval and you were going to go to the West Coast, you need a good seven to 10 days on the road to make it worthwhile, right? Right. Um start to cross that. So you have a, a traveling party of let's say 30 people between your players, your coaches and your support staff. Um, you have per diem, you have uh, obviously the flights. Then, you know, if you're going to the West coast, that usually is going to mean multi lakes on that, that, that you know, flight itinerary. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's say you fly to, you know, San Diego and then you go to Henderson and then you go up to San Jose you know, some sort of order like that, um, and you bust around, um, you're looking at some pretty heavy duty costs. And you think, think of when you travel individually, right? And if you check a bag, the cost of that, right? Right. Imagine you're checking a bag for a 10 day trip. You're checking a hockey bag, you're checking (laughs) sticks, you're checking, you know, all the other individual or, you know, stuff you need, like, you know, uh, you know, those big, you know, boxes, you know, or, or trunks with all the, you know, the the tape and all the, you know, extra laces and all the, all the stuff that goes into, you know, um, outfitting a hockey player that you need to have on the road if you're, if you're an equipment manager, for example. Jerseys, all that. I mean, so 
you start doing the cause of that, right? The bus to and from the airport, the bus to and from the rink, um, hotels, obviously, you know, you're looking easily two to $3,000 per player. So you do, you know, so you do that for 10 days. For 35 people or so. For 30, 35 people. Yeah. You can see where the costume really gets out of hand pretty fast, right? You're, you're pushing six figures in terms right. of your cost. And that's, um, a, and that's a, that's a very big deal for an AHL team. Sure. And yeah, I know some teams that, uh, if it's at all possible, they'll, they'll have the, uh, the equipment and the gear kind of trucked down to, let's say you're going down to Texas and you're somewhere, you know, let's say in New York state or Pennsylvania, you can, mm-hmm. you can truck that down, but you're going from Laval to the West coast. I mean, you're not going to, put your gear in a truck you know for a week across you know north america so that's going on the plane uh remember teams fly commercial there's no charter flights uh, for the most part in this league um so you can start to do those numbers and you see where the the cost adds up and you also have to convince the opposing teams to make the return to also to also spend the money to to come back yeah and if you're going to make it a worthwhile trip, you need to get three or four of those teams on the trip when you go out there to now come back to your building. So you can see how it gets difficult in that sense uh, to make that happen. Um, Absolutely. You know, hey, it'd be great to have more variety, of mm-hmm. course. But, um, you know, numbers are numbers. And you remember this was the league that two years ago we were playing games in practice ranks. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, no fans or, you know, very limited maybe 500 fans or whatever the case may be and you know uh, ticket revenue was essentially non-existent uh, sponsorship revenue went um, heavily down mm-hmm. so i mean the, the league is still kind of you know like sure record revenues but you know there is still you are trying to you know make up some of that damage that you incurred during the pandemic so i think if uh you know if you can get teams that want to do it the league is more than happy to make it happen um it's just that it's, it's a heavy cost. And, you know, I think teams are trying to, to balance that, you know, benefit of, you know, getting some more variety versus, you know, do we want to drop, you know, eighty ninety thousand $90,000, you know, to send our team on the road for, for a week or 10 days. Exactly. One, one last point uh, on the, the house and press conference. Um, and this was actually our rocket sports media question for, for Scott house. And, and that's, it's, it's a topic that I know that we've talked uh, with you about. Uh, it's, it's one near and dear to Rick Stevens heart. He always, he always talks about this uh, with you over the years as well. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, getting more access to, uh, stats at the AHL level, um, you know, we're, we're very limited uh, as far as the public and media are concerned uh, as far as what stats we have access to. Uh, and so it was it was put to Scott Housen uh, what his philosophy is about this. And and we heard kind of a, a, a bit of a refreshing different answer this time saying that he would love to do it. He's a big uh, quote from him. I'm a big T.O.I. guy. Um <laughs> But did clarify that it's not league man. You know, we know that prior to to now, um, coaches have been getting things like TOI fed to them during intermissions at games. Um, but but Housen did clarify that that's not done by the league anymore because he, as he says, the technology wasn't exactly reliable. So mm-hmm. if teams want to do it now, they're doing it themselves, um, and 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 basically said it's something that he would like to see 
expanded, uh, but the technology's not there yet. What were what were your takeaways from from that from that section? Um, I was pretty encouraged that you know, like you know, so he's obviously a former NHL general manager, so you know, I think he understands you know why that would be useful information. I mean, not that Dave didn't; Dave understood it as well, but um, I was. You know, I want time on ice as much as anybody, right? As a stat, I mean, to me, it's one of those valuable stats you can get. Um, um, but it is, it's, well, it's a very, like, for people who don't know, it's a very intent, like, labor intensive um, thing to do, right? You need to right. have, like, you know, a, a you know, fairly sizable staff of uh, off ice officials there to sort of, <laughs> I mean, if you ever tried to, like, track it on your own, right? Like, it's hard to do, right? You know, never mind for, um, 18 skaters per team, um, you know, and to get it accurate, you know, and so it's, it's, it's tricky, right? So, um, and there's some software now that can do it, but it's, it's still not perfect. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get it at some point, right? Like, and maybe sooner than even we might think we will, right? Like, you know, the 72 game schedule seemed like it wasn't going to happen, um, uh, for a while and then it happened, right? Right. Um, and that was a big victory for the league getting that, you know, like Strop said, like, you know, getting some sort of, uh, you know, order and logic to the standings uh, was one of his big goals. So um, I think the thing that makes me encourage that they'll have it sooner rather than later is the fact, and this was sort of a general theme that I took away from the press conference was just that in past years, there's always been kind of two or three fires going on yeah. in the league in terms of franchise, uh, relocations or instability or question marks and then obviously there was the pandemic and you know i mean going back you know even like to say like 2015 you had the west coast teams uh coming in you had a lot of affiliation shuffles um now everything's pretty quiet right so now you actually can can work on some of that growth stuff you're not just trying to you know put out fires right and the league has been in that state for such a long time in terms of just like trying to handle like you know the latest crisis that you didn't really have a lot of time or or energy or space left over to really kind of focus on all right how do we improve things so i'm encouraged i think we'll get that uh before too long it's just a matter of i think getting the technology down and getting the uh you know 32 cities getting a good office staff that can really take on that work and that challenge and do so you know, 36 nights a year. Well, we can certainly hope. And I was, <laughs> I was equally encouraged that at least it sounds like it's something on Scott Halson's radar. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's, that's excellent. Before we let you go for this week, I just would like your thoughts. Um, you know, we know uh, you, you've spoken to our listeners quite in depth in, in past years, um, particularly once uh, Dave Andrews' retirement was official uh, about his legacy and everything that he's done for the league and so forth. So you got to be there uh, when when he was inducted this past week into the AHL Hall of Fame. I, I was just hoping for your um, your takeaway and reflection about what you observed from Dave Andrews on that day about about how big of a deal this this kind of end of that chapter was for him to to have his induction into the AHL Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it's been a weird sort of transition for Dave Andrews because. You know, so like he was, you know, he contemplated retirement for for a while leading up to the final actual 
when he finally announced it in mm-hmm. 2020. And then three months before he's set to retire, the, the pandemic took off. Um, so that kind of really threw that whole secession plan off, I guess. If that's the right way to put it. Yeah. You know, maybe it was just a matter of helping Scott Helson, you know, get through sort of the initial days of that crisis. Um, and yeah, I don't think Dave really got like a proper opportunity to sort of, you know, sit back and reflect and kind of take it all in. And, you know, it's like anything, right? Like whatever your career is, whatever you're doing. I mean, if he's been in hockey for 50 years, um, now it's, if it's not over, you're certainly at least stepping back significantly. I mean, right. Going from kind of an all consuming type of job to now, now you're, you know, more or less like he, you know, he, I guess, you know, he's chairman of the board, which essentially comes down to almost being kind of a consultant mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of, you know, he's very mindful of the fact that like, you know, you want to give Scott house some, some space and, and, you know, room to be able to kind of, shape the league as he sees fit. Right. So you don't want to be the guy that's kind of like still hanging around in the backseat driver, um, role, you know, like in, you know, but you also want to be there if Scott does need, you know, kind of, uh, somebody, you know, to, to lean on or somebody to, you know, ask for, you know, some expertise or experience. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a de- delicate balance there, but I thought that like the quote Dave Andrews had that, you know, you know, he said, you know, I'm 74 years old, but it, you know, quote, it doesn't seem like it lasts very long. Like now finished and it's kind of like kind of hesitated for a few seconds. He said, it's over. Yeah. And and he said, you know, like, you know, I hope I made the best of it along the way. Um, And like, that was the sort of the, the, the takeaway I had there, you know, on that stage at the hall of fame um, induction afterwards, you know, the families are milling about the friends, you know, they're taking photos and yeah, I think it kind of hit him there. Right. Yeah. Like, Like, okay. Like, you know, his, like his, you know, his, he stayed, stayed on as chairman, you know, now they're, you know, have to decide, um, to sort of what's next for him. I, you know, I think he certainly wants to do it. You know, he, he did, well, I, I don't think I know he does. He said, so, um, he wants to stay on some sort of capacity, kind of like an advisory role. Like he made the point that, um, it would be very difficult to, to quit it cold Turkey. And yeah. he kind of made a point just kind of a, you know, bigger than just a hockey or, or his situation, just, you know, about like people that go that retire. He said, you know, like, quote, nobody calls you anymore. Nobody to talk to and that <laughs> happens to people in retirement. You know, and I th- think like sort of, it does make you maybe take stock of your life. I mean, I've never been in that situation, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like sort of like you're sort of reviewing your, like your whole, like, adult life you know the last 50 plus years and all the friends you made and like yeah. it's been your life like for you know this isn't like a nine to five type of job where you're like you kind of you, you check out you know and you you don't think about it till the next day like this is an all-consuming kind of job for for a long time and it's where all your friends have come from and you know your your, your whole sort of like life and social network are all built around this right and now it's sort of like now what you know it's like Dave's always been a very active guy. You know, he's, I can't picture him being this sort of person that just is content to just sort of sit around and, you know, stare out the window. Sure. Um, so I, I do think there is some sort of that, you know, that, you know, yeah, just that next stage of life. Like, all right, now, now what, you know, <laughs> like, how do I, 
how do I sort of find that that next challenge and that next um, you know thing to kind of fire me up and get me you know motivated each day? So yeah, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, especially definitely you know, like with the pandemic, a lot of people maybe got pushed into retirement earlier earlier than they expected. Um, so there's a yeah, there's a lot of uh, I think mixed emotions. Like I think he's certainly excited now to have more time to himself and you know his retirement kind of like like I said, coincided with the pandemic. So it wasn't, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you right off into the sunset and you, you know, get to do lots of fun things. I mean, a lot of it was just what everybody else did. Right. Uh, so only now is that starting to sort of lift in the last year or so where, you know, now you actually can sort of enjoy some of the benefits of retirement and having that extra time yourself. I mean, you know, he has his wife, you know, they've been married, they're going to be married uh, 50 years next year or so. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, so, you know, there's, there are a lot of things that, you know, have been put off to the side because it is such a demanding job and, you know, like travel and just, yes, grandkids and all the things that go um, with that, um, that stage of your life. So I think, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, without speaking too much for him, but, you know, I mean, having spoken with him, you know, for different pieces, uh, I think it is a little bit of a time of just, yeah, you're just taking stock of your life and, and, kind of wondering what's next yeah well we uh we congratulate dave andrews again we thank him of course for everything that he has done over his 26 year tenure to shape the american hockey league into what it is today uh, and we have a, a big thank you to you for for bringing all of this firsthand uh insight back with you from laval we're glad that uh, you had a had a great trip and uh, it was definitely a successful one it was entertaining and uh just uh, glad to have you back on the show, and we're looking forward to having you back again next week to talk about more things going on around the American Hockey League. Sounds great. Always a pleasure. Always great to have Patrick on the show. Of course, we missed him last week, but he was uh, traveling back from Quebec, so we, we were glad that he got back safely. Glad that he was here today to bring us uh, these great firsthand stories of his experience in Laval this past weekend, and we look forward to talking to him again next week. That's going to wrap things up for today. If you haven't done so already, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a second to just hit that subscribe button and then also hit that uh, share button and share this episode with uh, your friends and followers on your favorite social media platform. It would be a great way to help us to grow this community of Habs fans and listeners and friends even more. And uh, you can bet that next week on the show, we are going to have a more exciting things to talk about. I can't wait to see what three games in Belleville is going to mean for Laval uh, when we get together again in a week. Uh, It's almost like a mini playoff series, them playing three times against uh, the Belleville Senators on the road. So we'll see how all of that shakes out, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.